Hello, this is Brian Auten of Apologetics 315. Today's interview is with Matthew Burford, president and founder of Tactical Faith, an organization seeking to advance apologetic and theological learning within the evangelical community through financial assistance and consulting. Although I have interviewed Matthew back in August of 2011, much has happened since then, and the Tactical Faith organization has grown quite a bit. Today I want to ask him about apologetics events, how to put them on, and how to make apologetic impact on a grassroots level. Well, thanks for joining me again, Matt. Oh, glad to, glad to be on again, Brian. So, Matt, I want to do some catching up with Tactical Faith since our interview over a year ago. But for those who are just hearing about your organization, can you tell us what it is? Well, basically, it's just a nonprofit organization that sits alongside Christian churches and schools, and we tr- try to provide apologetic and theological training. It works like a foundation in the sense that there's a shared amount of resources that my board gives each year, plus, you know, some donors from the outside, and we we kind of try to use 99% of our resources to help churches and schools uh, foster apologetic uh, training. And we do that either by offsetting the cost of speakers. Uh, we can even handle the organization of, of certain apologetic and theological events. Or we can also give out resources in terms of, you know, uh, books or DVDs. We, we, what our, like our site says, we try to stand, we try to be a bridge between what we know the apologetic community and world looks like and the churches that are not necessarily in tune with that community. And we try to offer our support any way possible, whether that be through organizing things ourselves for them or suggesting things for them or even just, just writing a checkout for them in order to cover the cost. So what's been happening since our last interview? Because, you know, when we spoke then, things were just getting off the ground and, and things were beginning to move. But uh, I've got this feeling that you've put on just more than, you know, one little event. Oh, uh, things have just gone off faster than we realized. Uh, we decided a while back that we wouldn't mind helping others outside of our state, but our our sole concern is going to be the state of Alabama because that's where we're from. Uh, that's the community we live in. That's who we know the most. That doesn't stop us from helping others. I'm I'm helping a, a guy out in Tallahassee right now um, who called me up asking me suggestions about a great cocoa event. Uh, you know, I've done I've helped people from Iowa. Uh, you know, we've done those type of things, but you know, more often than not, we're helping the people from Alabama. And by doing so and putting that interest in our local community, things have just blown up. We've had about 15 events since we've talked last, whether they be big or small. We've had really just three larger events. We've had the first great cocoa event in 2011. We had a second, and that was in Montgomery, Alabama. We had uh, another great cocoa event in Mobile. Uh, we had a bunch of events in Birmingham. We've had Gary Habermas to Montgomery to do the Shroud of Turin. We've had Jay Watts, who's from the Life Training Institute, do a lot of uh, things for us. Doug Powell from the Outwitness apps has done stuff for us. Uh, so, And we've even done theological stuff with people like Dr. Gerald Bray and Dr. Gillinette, who's an Old Testament scholar, and Gerald Bray being a church history scholar. Uh, so we've We've done a lot, um, and since then as well, we've created an affiliate program, which is we've noticed that in the communities we live in, a lot of people have started up their own like grassroots apologetics 
organizations like Reasonable Faith or Ratio Christi in our universities. And we try to stand alongside those guys and support them any way we can. We've gifted some speakers like Brett Kunkel uh, to uh, University of Mobile for their Ratio Christi and uh, uh, Brad Swiger is the guy that does that in Mobile. We've we've done things in JSU, which is in Anniston, Alabama. We've gifted speakers there. Where Brian Roden, who's an Alabamian, is trying to get things started. Uh, we have people like Shannon Poe in Birmingham, Alabama, who me who me and him have become friends now over the last couple of years. Started a reasonable faith group. Uh, so that affiliate program is where we try to sit behind them and support them and not only give them um, help with speakers and, and the financial costs that those have, but just to be a support group and allow them to feel like they're a part of a larger community in our state. And by, and by nurturing that, it's actually we've actually gone further in our expectations of what we can do. Well, I'm always impressed to see the amount of things that you, you've got your hands on and the things that you're organizing. And I I know that running a, events is not something where you just call someone up and ask them to come and then the church handles it like a Sunday morning service. There's so much going on there. And uh, talk just a bit about this uh, conference that's going on, the SALT conference. Yeah, about a year and a half to two years ago, the Alabama Baptist Board of Missions came to us, and it was kind of a mutual coming together. Uh, they had saw an event that we had done at First Baptist Montgomery, who's uh, kind of our founding church, and wanted to, and the, the person there, Sammy Gilbreth, uh, came. We started talking, and in our dialogue and conversation, he said, "You know what? We want to reach out to young pastors who seem to be really involved in apologetic training. We've had events before, but we feel like we want to target our target audience now needs to be younger pastors. So we sat down and we've talked over the last couple of years about what that would look like. And that's what, that's what we're doing this weekend. That's a two, that's a two year project. I have over 240 man hours just in this particular one. And so what this little, just think about it, Brian, this, this little group that has a very small yearly budget is now sitting alongside an organization like the Alabama Baptist Convention, which is $60 million. And uh, we're sitting alongside them and allowing them to give them, you know, advice. Um, and not only that, they tagged us to organize this event, which is six speakers. We have the Museum of Truth there, which is something that Dave Glander, who has the Shroud of Turin, is putting on. We're doing a two-day event for the entire state of Alabama, which is totally organized by groups, by guys from my group. That phone ringing there, the donors calling right now to help you support. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm one day from the event and my phone is just going nuts lately. Yeah, and I thought it would be perfect time to interrupt what you're doing. Now, speaking about these sorts of events, um, you wrote a great piece for Apologetics 315's recent series, "How to Get Apologetics in Your Church Part 2. and your piece was entitled "So You Want to Organize an Apologetic Event." Well, that was a, a great piece. I thought it was, it was super, and it shows that there there was there's so much um, to be done. But also, you've given a lot of wise tips for those who are doing it. But you know, I want to ask you not to rehash the entire essay here. But you know, people are thinking, boy, you know, I, I can I can organize something. Um, what are some of the steps that are involved in, say, me just trying to get a speaker to my church and some of the things to think about if if someone wants to make something happen on their own. 
Yeah, I think before you know, before we went on air, you, you, when we were talking early, I think you hit the first principle the um, first, which is have a goal in mind of what you want this particular event to do. Who do you want it to reach? You know, what are your what is your level of expectation in terms of success? Um, a lot, you know, a lot of us who like apologetics, you know, you know, we're tip, we're, we're certain types of people. And what I have found in my own life through my first couple of events is I've, my level of success was always in numbers, you know, and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's, there, there's certainly things we can glean from having a very successful one, also meaning a lot of people coming. Um, but we're kind of in a Gideon style ministry too. At least that's how I see it in my own mind. Um, which is, you know, we're trying to do a specific thing that for believers targets a certain type of audience. And uh, it's okay, first and foremost, uh, you know, if you don't have a lot of people show up. Um, so that level of expectation is you have to decide for yourself what it is. And don't be, you know, and don't set yourself up for disappointment. You know, find ways of understanding what success is. You know, and then after an event, you know, go over, you know, how, how things were, how things were set up. Are there things that I can improve on for the next thing if I want to do the next thing? And so I would say first and foremost is set, set principles and standards for, for your own mind of what you want to do and what you want to see accomplished. And then number two, I would say, you know, try to be as organized as you possibly can be. And if you're not the one, who can organize, but you're the, you're kind of the dream caster. You're the one who's, you know, leading it up front and trying to keep it, you know, in focus, you know, tag somebody else to help you, to help you do it. There's not one single event that I've put on that I haven't leaned on somebody. I mean, Tactical Faith is not Matt Burford. Tactical Faith is made up of a lot of people from Shannon Poe, who does our graphics, to Dave Jones, who does our, our, our web design, and he's on our board, you know, to this Mark Tucci, who's a guy that I met, who's, who has sit alongside me, has great organizational skills. I could go on and on and on and on, but don't feel afraid to delegate and, and, and see yourself as part of a group when you start this, these kinds of things. Um, because they're, like you said, they're not easy. I mean, these, you're dealing with people and whenever you're dealing with people, you're going to come in, into all kinds of issues and you're just going to have to learn to navigate those. And especially if you're not on staff, there are a lot of issues that way as well, um, that you kind of have to be the champion for your cause, but also understand that you're doing it on somebody else's turf with somebody with other types of leadership. So there's going to be a lot of personality issues that you're going to have to navigate if you're going to lead this on your own. So I would say set principles, try to be organized, delegate, and then work it. If you're going to do it, Go 100%. Um, this is not the kind of thing that you can put 50% of yourself in. If you really, truly want to see apologetics grow in your local church or community, you're just going to have to give up uh, a certain percentage of, of what you usually do in your life. Uh, this is now, I mean, Brian, for those who don't know, you know, in the South, college football is the number one recreation and people follow it all year long. I'm no different. I love it, you know. I but you know, I kinda and this sounds funny for a lot of people, but this is just something that's big in our community. I gave a lot of that up in order to do this. I spend you I do not make a salary for tactical faith. I don't take money from it, neither does many people in my group. 
but we give 100%, well, not 100%, but we give what we can give outside of our responsibilities to something that we feel totally passionate about. And if you don't feel passionate about it, you really need to wait. You need to think about it before you go into something like this. Don't go lighthearted into it because events are very difficult and they need somebody who's got passion, who can see it through. And, uh, you know, you're also going to have to bathe in prayer. So many good points there, Matthew. And it makes me think about, you know, sometimes I'm considering who is the audience for this podcast, Apologetics 315 Interviews. And so many times I think, uh, there are people who are interested in the content of apologetics, but I'm thinking, no, I, I don't want to just reach out to people who are interested in the content, but who are interested in the cause of apologetics, not just the mm. content. And if they're interested in the cause, then maybe they're not masters of the arguments. They don't know how to wield all of the science or you know evidence, but they are great organizers or they're they are businessmen who can help fund things like this, and they want to see the cause put forward. And I'm, so I'm hoping through interview, an interview like this that how great would it be if other organizations could be started that are like yours that are going to facilitate more of these like events and getting apologetics going on a grassroots level. Now, that's my little <laughs> spiel there, but I, I want to lead that into the question about how have you seen the demand for these sorts of events and um, the materials that you supply? Well, first and foremost, I, I love my community. I love the state of Alabama. I love, you know, I'm Southern Baptist. I grew up Southern Baptist, but I, I, I went to seminary at Beeson Divinity, which is um, cross-denomination in the evangelical world. And uh, so I had that in my heart. I have a big idea of what church is, first and foremost. I say that and to say that we do have specific challenges in our state in terms of apologetic training. And we're really incredible at, at evangelism. And But that evangelism for the last, I would say, 50 years has been hindered by this want and need of thinking, all we can use is my personal testimony. Well, you know, there's so many other things that we can use to, you know, promote the cause of Christ in our own personal testimony. Um, but since my community has been locked into that type of thinking, it makes it very it makes it very challenging for younger guys like me to really make a case for why apologetics needs to be done. Uh, that's how I thought about it going into this endeavor. But the reality is is God has been prepping um, people for this type of training long before I, you know, I started even thinking about it. And that's the reality of it. I'm not on an island. I'm not my own person. I'm not doing something particularly different. In fact, God has placed me in a specific time while he's already done all the work. Um, so I'll say that because I don't think I'm necessarily doing something unique or different. I see, as Greg Kokel sees, a third wave of this type of thing happening where ground, whether, where he calls it the, the troops on the ground. Uh, a lot of people like me are just want to take on the cause and, and do something for my own community. You know, I hope somebody, look, I'm, I love uh, the content, like you say. I, I'm, I'm a trained uh, pastor. I've done a lot of uh, pulpit preaching. So to some degree, I probably could go out and speak if I, if I really wanted to and if I was charged to do so. But really what I, what I really wanted to do because I saw my skill set is to say, you know what? 
pastors and teachers have their hands full. And I would like to see this content back out into the marketplace in my community. I mean, there's so much good stuff out there. Just look at your website, you know, just one day, pick a day in your website and see the kind of content that you just have posted in one day. It's amazing what's being generated out there. Um, but there's people that just don't know about it. And I've seen it, Brian. I've seen it time and time again over the last two years where you bring a skilled person like Brett Kunkel, for instance, you bring Brett in front of a group of students uh, we were at University of Mobile in November, and when he spoke, the, you look at it and you see their eyes. Their eyes just pop open. Uh, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It, it makes a connection, and what, what the Holy Spirit is using that for is to some, you know, they're set, they're. They're saved. They're followers of Christ. But all of a sudden, it's like they knew, they're knowing something more about the person that they love. And, you know, and they're thinking in their, in their, in their mind, it is okay to go out in the marketplace. I'm safe to some degree to go out and promote this because it is true. We had an older woman when we did the Shroud of Turin last April. Look, you could tell she was warranted in her faith. You could tell she was a Christian. Um, but after Haber, Dr. Habermas's presentation, she went up to that face of G, of that, you know, we had the Shroud of Turn that Dave Glander has at truthministry.com if you want to look at it. He brought it to our church. It's a full-blown replica. And the woman looked at the face of Jesus after Habermas's thing, you know, his, 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 his teaching, his one-hour teaching on the Shroud of Turin. And she said, I want that to be the face of my Jesus. Well, what just happened there? Was she not a Christian before? Absolutely not. But what had happened was she had made the connection where she all of a sudden the light went on in her head and in her mind where she thought this is totally real. And all of a sudden her love became bigger. Her thoughts on God became more. She became a deeper person. She was able to swim a little bit deeper into the pool, you know, and, and when you're able to do that, you, you become you become that much more of a Christian. Those are the things that fuel me. Those are the things that keep me going. And I'm seeing that happen, not just with me. I'm seeing that happen all over the country. Since Tactical Faith, I've had, I've had all kinds of people call me up from all parts of the country asking me questions. And there, something special is happening. I can't put my finger on it, but something is. And I just am glad that I'm a small player in it. Well, super. Now, Matt, I'm all for people supporting Apologetics 315, but at the same time, I'm completely thrilled to tell people to support Tactical Faith because what because of what you guys are doing. So, if someone supports your ministry, what exactly would they be supporting? I think that's that's a fair question. First and foremost, even though we're a 501c3 and we got all those things that you're supposed to have to have to being able to deduct your your money. Uh, we don't actively promote because most of our money comes from inside of our group. Um, what I think is unique about us is that since we don't have staff and we're never, none of us are ever going to take a salary, that that 99% of what we do goes to our mission statement, and that's 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 I'm very very proud of that, Brian. I'm proud of the fact that that we have developed a nonprofit model that. You know, I had a question. Somebody asked me from an interview last week, "How do you? Why do you think this is sustainable?" I was like, "Man, I couldn't think of a better nonprofit model, model that is sustainable." Um, because I mean, if we have five hundred dollars next year, we use five hundred dollars. If we have five to fifty grand, we're going to use five to fifty grand next year. I mean, um, so you know, I would hope people would, if they agree with our mission statement and agree with what we're trying to do, you know, I would hope they would give. 
and knowing that that's what it's here for. We're here to bridge the gap between churches and the apologetic and theological world and be that help uh, that is kind of not there at the moment. And look, we're open. You want to see my books? Email me. I'll email you my books. You know, there is, we're not doing anything here, um, you know, sinister. You know, we're essentially just bridging the gap. And I, there's not very many nonprofits out there that can say what we can say, which is 90 something percent of what we give goes out. And then, and then, and I'm also proud to say everything that we do, even the SALT conference has been done, majority, at least on our end, has been done on volunteer help from the graphics you see on our webpage. Uh, to even our web page itself, to the to to the organization, to the even we're having a we're broadcasting our entire conference this weekend live for free. Um, so <laughs> I I'm just really proud of that. So if somebody believes in our mission statement, I would hope that's the reason they would give. Well, I love it. Um, what are some of the roadblocks that you actually that you encounter when you're trying to pull it, put on apologetics events? I mean, it's, as we mentioned before, there's a lot to do, but at the same time, it can be pesky. So, what are some of the sort of uh, you know roadblocks you you run into? I think that's fair. Have a really good idea in your mind of why you think apologetics is worthwhile. Uh, the biggest question that I have to really tackle is why this? Why do I need this particular thing? Uh, what good, you know, from pastors to teachers, um, what is a, you know, why do I need this apologetics? I mean, you know, are you, you know, cause from there out, they have preconceived notions about, you know, especially pastors are very careful about wanting people to come in and, and start problems in their church. And in fact, it's the opposite. Everywhere we've gone and we've had an event, we've done nothing but strengthen the churches that are there. Uh, we're very careful in, in, in partnering people with specific churches. So I say first and foremost would be you're going to have to have in your own mind an, an idea of, you know, read something like uh, Moreland's Love Your God With All Your Mind. It has a really good section in it on on those type of things, those type of questions. Have it really, you know, Strengthen it in your mind to the point where you can really deal with that question. And, and, it, and that question comes about in different, different ways. I mean, I just had the question this morning, um, from, uh, from a lady who, who pretty much said, uh, this is not needed in the Baptist world. You know, you know, why do we need this? And after talking with her, you know, I think she was coming around, but that's okay. I mean, I don't mind that. I mean, it's, it's nothing new. Um, it's just, you just have to figure out a way to cash it out where they understand it. Like in Alabama, we've always done a practical apologetics. You know, we've always done practical evangelism. This is really nothing new. It's just a way of sprinkling some extra stuff in it to make it better, to make it more palpable to this, to this emerging and changing culture that we're living in, especially in the South. I mean, we've been known as the Bible Belt. Well, that's changing. And uh, so we, being in our community and, 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 and loving our community and interested in our community, we're, we're able to tackle that question in a way that I think that would fall on their ears and that would make sense. So I would say first and foremost, that's the thing that you need to have in, in your, uh, on your belt as it is in terms of being prepared, uh, for things like this. Well, on a positive note, I mean, you've dealt with a, a lot of different, um, apologists and speakers, people who, that you facilitate to put on events and things like that. What have been some of the speakers you've been most impressed with when you've been organizing events such as this and why? Yeah, I think that's a good question and a hard question because there's so many 
I mean, you know, there's so much good stuff out there right now. I mean, uh, we just did a Google Hangout with Jay Warner Wallace, and his stuff is just amazing. Uh, you have the groups like Stand a Reason who, you know, we I get to meet Alan Schleeman for the first time on Sunday. We, we're using him. I've met their entire group. I mean, they're top-notch. Uh, you have people like Paola. You have Craig Hazen and, and J.P. Moreland and, and those guys. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're the kind of the, you know, they're the ones who kind of started this whole new movement about 10 years or 15 years ago. So I, I don't think I have found an issue with anybody and I don't, I'm not particularly sure who I'd say was the best, but what I would say is this, uh, do your homework. Um, do bring somebody in your community that you think that would work in your community. Um, there, there is a, that's the only tricky thing about this. And this hasn't happened to me yet, but I could see the potential of it being difficult is that, you know, just because somebody's really good doesn't mean that that necessarily will translate to your local body or your local community. So do your homework. Go on YouTube. See if there's videos that you can, if you like a speaker, ask if they have videos to watch. And then do a little do a little test and experiment. I think this is worthwhile. If you have a char- target church in mind that wants to do it, take the pastor and say, you know what, let's go out to supper. And then after supper, you come to my house and let's watch this video. And if the pastor likes him, then you know, first and foremost, you have the leadership who likes it, uh, but you're going to get a better idea of whether or not that church is going to accept it. If you if you want to go an extra step, then grab some people that you know at your church and, and say, hey, I'm going to have a Friday night and we're going to watch Case for Christ. If they seem to like that kind of thing and if they like that particular speaker um, – you got a, you got a better idea. So do it, do your homework and vet. Um, and it got, guys like me and you are, the world is our oyster at the moment. I mean, um, we have so many good people with so, I mean, and they're all great speakers and they all have something to give, um, to, you know, something to give and, and they're all pretty much relatively inexpensive and they all are willing to work. I mean, stand a reason you should see Melinda Pinner and, and Donnell. She's a person that works there as well. They're so ready to email you and, and, you know, and look at your budget and, and work around. These guys are not in it for the money. Uh, they have the same heart and genuine desire to, to, to further the kingdom and further apologetics as you probably do, the ones that are listening to it. So do not feel, don't feel kind of stressed out. Just, Send an email. Send an email to somebody like Melinda and see and see what your options are. Because uh, I'm a firm believer, especially now, of knowing that there are many options available to us. Well, apologies in advance to Melinda, whose email box is now flooding. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, that's that would be good. You talk a lot about and use this word grassroots apologetics. So when it comes to getting apologetics out there in the local church on the grassroots level. What's that look like to you? Ah, oh, man, it's so it's when we were trying to the only reason we tagged that term because we were seeing something special in our state. Uh there was this natural and spontaneous kind of uh, movement going on in our community that was not a top-down, you know, kind of momentum effort. I mean, you don't go into something in and then automatically say something to somebody and saying, yeah, I have a nonprofit that takes little to no money. We give pretty much a lot of the money into the coffers in order to do it ourselves. We organize it ourselves. Uh, this is We're asking a lot from you. And then you say that to somebody and their eyes are like, yeah, whatever. I'm a, I want to be a part of it. Um, I have been privileged over the last two years to essentially 
double, if not triple, my friends. And, um, and that, and I'm talking all over the state of Alabama from Mobile to Huntsville. I have a guy named Patrick Collins who has a Rachel Christie group at UAH to Dan Arsenault in Tuscaloosa. To, I mean, I could go on and on and on about what God has done and, and, or, and I could not figure out a way to turn that until a friend of mine said, well, you know, that's his name is Dave Jones. He said, you know, this is really a grassroots movement that's happening here. And what he means is that it's, it's, it's a ground swelling from the community and it's moving up. The need seems to be happening on an individual basis and it's not being, it's not being manufactured top down from a leadership's perspective. And, and what, what we're saying is, is that we, we're not generating it. We're not manufacturing it. We're just trying to do our best to facilitate it, protect it, and also give a sense of, uh, you know, there's a little guidance to it. I mean, it's, we're working on our mission statement all the time. I feel like that's my, that's my role in this endeavor is to make sure that we're on, we're on point with our mission statement. What is it? Do we need to tune it? Do we need to fine tune it? How's it look? Um, and the only way I can do that is just to, is just, um, to look, to look and listen, be a part and invest myself in people's lives. And my, I ask, you know, this is my ministry now. Um, this is other people's ministry and it's outside the walls of the church and, you know, in terms of the institutionalized church. And, but my guys have had the heart for their own particular church. So, you know, we have a reasonable faith group in, in Birmingham that meets and, um, Every one of those guys have a heart for their particular community and their particular church that they're in. But yet we have created this place where they feel safe. They feel like they're a part of a larger movement and they feel like that they can go and apply their gifts and then they, they know they have the backing of me and others. And that's, that's kind of hard to describe. I mean, I've had, I've had people when, when the speakers come to Alabama, they see it, they experience it, they know it. And they're always asking us, well, you need to write something about it. You need to figure out how to, how to get whatever this is elsewhere because it's not happening elsewhere. Now, in terms of what we're doing, in terms of real honest to goodness fellowship across, across our entire state. And I don't know if I can codify that. I don't know if I can write a book about it. All I can say is, it's like you said before in the interview, I really would like for us to be kind of a template for other guys that are like us uh, to take and and do. Look, if you see a problem, don't wait on your pastor to do it. He's already got his, t- his, his plate is full. You know, church and, I mean, teachers, Christian teachers, their plate is full. Now it's time for us laymen not to treat them like plumbers. You know, we, play, we pay plumbers to do a job. And I'm, I see it today where we think we pay ministers to do a job, you know, and we feel like that's done. I've done my little penance. I've paid my tithe. I can go out, buy my business and play my Xbox. Well, that's not the case. The real case is if you want to see things done, then go do it, whether that be in your own individual church or doing what our guys did, which is, you know, start a 501c3. Uh, just make that step. Make the commitment and see it through, and and you'll find that by doing that, that God's already done the work, and you're just you're just in the field, and that's how I feel like this is going on. When I say grassroots, it really is behind that movement is this idea that God was already working in Alabama, God was already working in my own life, and He had had timing. His timing for me was right now. Now it might finish next year, 
you know, I mean, this might be over next year. You know, I don't know, but that's okay. You know, I, for for the time that God has allowed me to do this, I'm going to put a hundred percent into it as much as I can, and then and then love my guys. You know, uh, apply guidance. They they apply guidance to me. They minister to me. My, the brotherhood and the sisterhood that we have here is strong, and it's only strong because God's Holy Spirit is in it. And that might sound over spiritualized, but I do mean it. And um, so that's what I, that's kind of a roundabout way of of trying to answer what you, what I think grassroots means. Oh, very good. Now maybe there's some people there they don't really know where to start, and they are thinking, hey. Let me contact Tactical Faith. What would someone do? Would they call you, email you um, to, to get ideas to get started and maybe something they could do at their church or in their community? Oh, yeah. When I first got into this, I, I had a 400-minute-a-month cell phone uh, contract, Brian, and I think my first cell phone bill was in the $800 range. Because my wife makes fun of me. She says, I stay on the phone all the time because this is what my passion is. Uh, you call me whenever you want. I mean, my, my, my email is, is, is not private. It's just mattburford at gmail.com. Flood my box. I mean, you know, I'll give you, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my cell phone number, you know, in my email. I, you know, this is how much uh, passion I have for this. Um, it's fine. I, I don't mind doing it. I mean, I'll, I'll, it's kind of, it's what fuels me. And, uh, I've never been this passionate about anything else before. And you're right. It's, it's a weird way of, of being a part of the apologetic community. I get it. You know, I get that. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be the next Douglas Grothe I know that. I'm not going to be the next Greg Kokel. And, but to be honest with you, I'm not called to be. I'm called to be Matt Burford in my own specific community. And that's who I'm going to be. And I'm going to try to be the best Matt Burford I could possibly be. And so I say that in saying, you know, I just told you my email. Email me. You can email us through our website at tacticalfaith.com. We have a bunch of other guys that have the same heart and passion as me. And of course, I'm not going to give out their email, but, uh, I'm sure they're probably, you know, willing. Uh, we got, we got guys, Brian, that have so many talents. Uh, like I said before, I mean, we have guys that, that have graphics talents that, you know, that, that rival anybody else's in our state. And, you know, we got guys who's, who have talents in all areas of expertise and they're all well, willing and ready to apply that when needed. Um, that's, and that's something I'm proud of. And like I said, we, we will do it as long as we can do it. And, uh, whether that be next year, next week, or in 10 years from now. All right. Well, now there's some people listening and they're thinking, yeah. Uh, I want to support these guys. So how can they give? How can they support you? Uh, I mean, I guess the biggest support would be do what we do. <laughs> I mean, if you find yourself uh, at a similar place where we are here in Alabama, um, you know, three uh, $3,000 will get you pretty much a nonprofit. Uh, but you don't have to do a nonprofit. I mean, go to your pastor today if you want to see apologetics and tell him, I want to organize something. I want to start a class. Uh, the, uh, there's a, a group on Facebook called the, the Christian Apologetic Alliance. Go on that. You know, it's got 2,000 members right now. You know, that, that's a great place to go and get ideas. Um, so that would do my heart good than more than giving me money or time. You know, do what we do. Start it. Be a part of the movement. 
you know, start it up, start the fire, you know, get, let's get this thing rolling. And, you know, but know this, that apologetics is not the silver bullet. You know, Christ Jesus is, and again, probably sounds overtly spiritualized to say something like that, but it's true. I think we have to find a way to be healthy as those, you know, in the apologetic movement of knowing that, yeah, you know, we need to apply more apologetics to our church, but we don't need to go the other way into the extreme and say the apologetics is a silver bullet. The way we need to, the way we need to see ourselves is that ambassador, that pilgrim model, which is we apply it rightfully in the right time. And it's just a part of, it's overall who we are as a healthy Christian. Um, so I, that's how I'd say help it, help me by continuing. By doing what we do, follow our model, find a place in your community that you can serve, be a minister, continually give out your ministry. It is not something we hoard. We're not in the hoarding business. Uh, we're in the giving out free. Our grace was free, so everything else should be free is kind of the tactical faith model. And that includes your own life. You have talents that God has given you, use them. Uh, don't be part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. Well, Super. Well, Matt, before we wrap up, tell us what's on the horizon for 2013. Oh, you know, I might take a little time off um, after <laughs> after this uh, SALT event. We have, a, of course, the Alabama Apologetic event this Saturday. Uh, it'll be, you know, by the time this is here, it'll be long past, you know, but we'll have some of our videos up. Uh, we have a lot of small things. Uh, we're starting these Google Hangout sessions where once a month, um, we're going to have uh, somebody. I think we have one scheduled at the end of the month in January. You can check it out on our Tactical Faith page probably next week. But we want to give people the ability, like the regular layman, the foot soldiers like me, access to the top speakers and theologians and apologists in the in the world. And we did a little experiment with Jay Warner Wallace last month, and we did an experiment with Tim McGrew and you, uh, where we did a little Google Hangout, and you're going to have access to that caliber of people. And uh, we're going to try to do that once a month for the next year. Uh, we have a couple of other things. We have Greg Kunkel coming back out again next year. Brett, the next fall, we're working on Brett Kunkel doing a big youth event. I'm very proud of the fact that the beginning of 2013, we have uh, Craig Keener um, coming to do a miracles conference uh, for us at Beeson Seminary. And uh, he's going to do a, uh, a medical summit where he's going to sit along. Um, uh, UA, uh, Birmingham is a big medical community. And we're going to try to start a dialogue between Keener and medical physicians on talking about how to define miracles in the in the medical marketplace. Um, and uh, that just happened to fall in my lap. And, you know, through people like T Dr. McGrew and stuff, we've been able to facilitate that. So that's kind of what we have in the horizon. Probably not very – not as many events. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of our time on our affiliates and try to allow them to have their time and their vision and their dream of what they would like to see in their community and maybe take a seat back. We're also looking at do, you know, doing what I dreamed in my first interview, which is to start a scholarship at Birmingham Theological Seminary. We're trying to get that working where people can get uh, cheap master's apologetic training that's good training but but not hard on the wallet so we're going to try that as well all the best on this year ahead and beyond uh and i know some of the resources you've been talking about you post um on the tactical faith website uh so why don't you end by just pointing our listeners to the website and tell them what else they might find there 
Sure, it's just your prototypical website. There's hardly any, you know, there's some resources there, but I, you know, we wanted to use our website as a prop, as a uh, promotional tool. You go to tacticalfaith.com, you can see, you know, pictures and videos of the results of our, you know, of our hard work, of our labor. Um, you'll be able to see some of the Google Hangouts that we produce because we have a YouTube page. Um, but, you know, mostly I would hope that, that it would just be, um, Kind of that our website would just kind of be an acknowledgement of what the work and the labor that our guys have put into and hopefully spur you along to do a similar thing. Well, very good. Matt, again, thanks for taking the time to do the interview and all the best in 2013. Uh, thank you, Brian. I love being on. I've been speaking with Matthew Burford, president and founder of Tactical Faith. Find out more about Tactical Faith at tacticalfaith.com and find more resources linked from today's blog post at apologetics315.com. If you've enjoyed this interview, please share it with a friend on Facebook or Twitter. This helps get the word out about good apologetics resources. And if you're not yet a follower on Facebook or Twitter, please follow today for daily updates and perks. Do you have ideas or feedback for the interviews? Just send an email to interviews at apologetics315.com. Want to donate to help us grow as a ministry? Just hit the support button on the website to find out how. We're a recognized nonprofit and donations are tax deductible. Our current project involves the transcription of all these interviews. If you'd like to help out, just let me know. You can email me at interviews at apologetics315.com. And another project is the iPhone app. If you're a developer or would like to support such a project, please contact me at brian at apologetics315.com. Also, if you shop at Amazon, using our affiliate link from our website allows a small portion of your purchase to support what we're doing. This is one way to support that only costs you a click, but it helps us immensely. There are links for Amazon.com, Amazon UK, and Amazon Canada, all found on the right side column at apologetics315.com. You can also bookmark those links for ease of use whenever you're shopping online. And thank you for your support. Do you have a question you'd like me to address in an upcoming podcast? Let me know. Email me at brian at apologetics315.com. This is Brian Auten, and thanks again for listening.